Hello and thank you for listening to the End of Days podcast. This podcast is designed to help you navigate your way through these very dangerous spiritual times that we live in. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that the devil knows his time is short and he's going to be more full of wrath. Those are the times that we're living in right now and it's kind of evident all around us. The Bible also says that in the last days, perilous or dangerous times will come. And it's very dangerous right now as evidence that we are truly living at the end of days. So let's jump in at the book of Matthew chapter 24. And we're going to start with verse 3. And before I get started, I know that given the events that are happening in and around Israel and the Middle East and internationally as well, that people can, I think, plainly see that we're living in some very dangerous and dark times where, like the Bible says, there are wars and rumors of wars and nation rising against nation. These are the times that we're living in right now. It's so interesting that it seems the headlines that we read on the internet or in newspapers read just like scriptures from the Bible. Once again, giving us warning and signs that the times that we're living in are the last days that the Bible is talking about. And here in Matthew chapter 24 is exactly what we're referring to. Uh, Matthew chapter, chapter 24, let's dive in at verse 3. Once again, it says, And he sat upon the Mount of Olives, and his disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And these are very good questions, relevant to the times that we're living in. I mean, if Jesus was here, wouldn't we ask him, like, okay, well, um, what, what should I be looking for? What kind of signs? What, what kind of hints? What kind of clues? How do I know that we're getting close to your coming and to the end of the world? And verse 4, it says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Verse 5, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And in the verses after that, it does talk about wars and rumors of wars, nation rising against nation, famines, earthquakes, pestilence or diseases, about how the church will be, the Christians will be persecuted, you know, will be hate people around the world. And verse 10 talks about how many will be offended and will betray one another and hate one another. And again, in verse 11, it says, And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. So in the same passage of scripture, we have two warnings about deception. I should be a clue right there. That's a hint that deception in the last days will be rampant. And that is also one of the signs of the times that there will be many out there deceiving many And going back up to verse 4, Jesus is saying, take heed. Where it says take heed, it means pay close attention. Consider carefully what I'm saying and give it your serious attention. Take heed. Well, why am I listening so closely? 
that no one will deceive you. So it seems to me of deception is one of the things we have to watch out for or one of the things that is a sign of being at the end of days then we just can't waltz into any church and expect to find the truth. We can't just be a member of whatever church and just assume that we're okay. Assume that we're hearing the truth. You know, my advice to everyone is start praying because there is not a group out there that's going to be saying, oh yeah, we we are trying to deceive you. We are not preaching the truth. That's not going to happen. They're not going to admit it. Who would? It's just like the devil. The devil operates through deception, lies, and subtlety. He's not, you know, I guess, as you would say, you know, walking around with a red jumpsuit on and, you know, got a pitchfork in his hand. He's going to jump out of the bushes. Hey, I'm the devil. I'm trying to get you. It doesn't work that way. He's subtle. He's sneaky. And so churches... Not all of them. There's too many of them out there that disagree for all of them to be right. Y'all can't be right because they all disagree. Well, a lot of them disagree. So how are you to know? Once again, start praying. Asking God about what is and what isn't the truth. Ask questions of your pastor or deacons or leadership at the church. Don't just assume that it's right. Because you have a soul that's going to live forever somewhere. And it is of the utmost importance that you get this right. The relationship that we have is with God, not with our church or our church group or our denomination. Everything comes second in our relationship with God. God is number one. Jesus is our first love. And that's it. I'm not saying you shouldn't go to church or shouldn't fellowship with people. But it's important that you fellowship and worship at a place that is teaching you the truth. Because here in Matthew 24, what Jesus has warned about twice already is not being deceived. That there will be many that will try to deceive you. False prophets that are out to deceive you. Because deception can give you a false sense of security when really you're in a bad situation. I mean, so many churches will have you, you know, just be comfortable, sit back and listen to a really good motivational speech about how God wants to fulfill your dreams and give you the best life ever. But that's what the Bible says, you know, we're not here to do our own will. We're here to do the Lord's will. So a lot of it I like to call it the gospel of me. Make me feel good. Make me feel happy. Make me feel motivated and give me the best life ever so I can live my own dreams. Oh, that's false. Some think salvation or preach that salvation is like a vaccination where you just set it and forget it. You know, I've been salvation vaccinized and I, no matter how I live, I'm still going to heaven. You can live like the devil and still expecting to go to heaven. But of course not. God require, requires us to live righteously. Some people have that checkbox Christianity. Well, they just check the box. You go there, baptized, checked. They get confirmed, 
Check. Do I have atten- attendance? Check. But there's nothing coming from your heart. It's just a, a ritual. You just want to go and do the thing and then don't think about it until maybe next Sunday, maybe next month, or whatever it is. It's not a relationship. It's a ritual. It's a religion. A lot of churches seem like their focus is on, on cash flow. God wants you to be rich. God wants you to be super rich. And everything they're talking about is how you can get more income. Levels of income. If you give X amount of money, God will give you right back another portion of money. It seems to be all focused around getting gain, getting money. But Bible, the Bible does warn about those who preach that gain is godliness. And some churches seem to me to be just like a social club. Just like a Christian coffee house social club. And you come and talk a little bit about the Bible. And maybe sing some really cool songs. And go there and just kind of socialize with your friends. And that's what it's about. There's no preaching of salvation or repentance or... You know, joy in the Holy Spirit. And it's like no mission of the Holy Spirit. They just kind of go there to hang out. I mean, not that I have anything against coffee. I I like a good cup of joe every now and then. But once again, our relationship has to be with Jesus Christ. And the main source of our gathering and our fellowship is to worship together and glorify Him. And have preaching that... That help, that help us grow, that edifies our spirit. Not just to kind of go and, you know, talk a little bit, have a little chat, that just leave and then that's it. Kind of very bland. God wants us to be people that are alive and lively, having joy in the Holy Spirit. And I guess at the other end of that spectrum is the showtime churches. You go there and man, it is on. It, the choir is just they're rocking and singing and clapping their hands and you know the preachers singing and and it's just a big show. You go there and watch the show. It's not really for the uh, people to participate in, really. I mean, you just go there and just kind of watch and clap your hands. It's like kind of like going to a concert, you know. And and usually in those churches, they figured they haven't even had church until somebody fell on the floor, somebody fell out. You know what I'm saying? But is that really what Christ is about? A bunch of hoopla? A bunch of hype? But you don't have anything that's going to feed your soul? Is that you can learn, the Bible says, for us to desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. If you go into a church of any type, and you've been going there for a while especially, and you're not growing, and you're not getting anything that you can like go and do, you might be going to the wrong place. And if you get too comfortable in any of these scenarios, you might be deceived. You're so comfortable. And the last scenario or group that you can possibly find yourself a part of is the prophecy club. Especially in these last days, we see things happening in the news. And, you know, we're so curious about what's going to happen next. Or, you know, what does this mean? Or what does that sign mean? Or who who's going to get bombed? Or, you know, what about this other group over here? What are they going to do next? All that's interesting. All that's important. So the God, the Bible puts this, you know, in the Bible for a reason. That we should know what's going on. That we should be aware of the times that we're living in. 
but let's not be caught up just on watching the signs. The, the signs should be teaching us, should be warning us, and getting us to warn others. Although it is very interesting to hear a you know, prophetic message or a word from God that prophesies about something that's upcoming or might be happening. You know, all books have been written about this kind of stuff, and it's, it's interesting. But none of this takes the place of the gospel. And one thing that we cannot, must not overlook is that all these signs are telling us one thing is to get ready and to stay ready. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting with verse 3. It says, For the time will come when they shall not endure or put up with sound doctrine or clear teaching or truth teaching, but after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. In other words, the only kind of teaching that they want it's teaching that sounds good. Tell me something. My ears are itching. Tell me something good. It's like that song, right? Tell me something good. Well, tell me something good. I don't want to hear no bad news. I don't want to hear anything about repentance. I don't want to hear anything about how I have to change. I just want to hear that it's all good. I want to be blessed. And that's it. I don't want to hear about nothing else. Verse 4 says, And they shall turn their ears. I'm sorry. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables and fables in this case means something that's fictional something that's simply not true might sound good but it's not true so let us all especially in the light of the fact that we're living in the last days really truly examine ourselves with God's help get some feedback from God like it says in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 16, that the Spirit of God will bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So let's look for that witness that God can give us that we're truly born again. We're truly his child and not playing some religious game and not deceiving ourselves just because we're comfortable and we have a big crowd of people with us thinking that we're okay and we're really not. And that could be a very joyous thing or kind of a scary thing when you think about it. The fact that maybe this whole time you thought you were doing the right thing before God and it turns out after all these years you weren't. Oh my God, what have I been doing with my life? Or it might be just that. The time you've been spending thinking that you were doing God's will, you actually were. You get confirmation from God. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. But whatever the answer is, let us humbly accept it. The Bible says that God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. So let us be humble before our Lord. Just simply say, Lord, your will and not mine. Humble yourself in the, in the sight of God and he will lift you up. And let's all strive to live a life that is pleasing in the sight of the Lord that loves us. God bless you. Thank you once again for listening to the End of Days podcast. Uh, as you can see, I'm found here on Spotify, but I'm also on iHeartRadio. 
and Amazon Music as well. So, help me spread the word. God bless you. Talk to you soon.